0: Well, I think we need to start this episode. We just got to jump right into it. You are listening to the Odyssey of Learning podcast. My name is Hunter.
1: And I'm Courtney.
0: And what a special episode we have lined up for you today with some very special guests. Right, Courtney?
1: We've got the most special guests. Uh, Today we are joined by Symphony and Victoria two scholars who Hunter and I have had the privilege of knowing over the course of the last two years. Um, They were in our inaugural class of Odyssey freshmen last year, and they moved up with us obviously to the 10th grade this year. And these two scholars are incredibly special. They're both very driven, very thoughtful young women who not only are engaged in learning and academics at Odyssey, but also in so many unique ways are engaged in building the culture and the community of odyssey as we know it today um i think that our school culture being shaped the way that it is is in large part to the scholars that we have attending our school and Victoria and symphony are are no exception so it's super fun day when we get to chat with young people and you know it's definitely one of the highlights of distance learning for me has has been thinking of creative ways to engage with our scholars and and get to know them better. So we've got one interview after the other today, starting with Victoria, and then we'll get to hear from Symphony all about their distance learning experiences.
0: So without further ado, let's listen in to what our scholars have to share. Okay, well, um, we are delighted to welcome Victoria on the program. Victoria, how are you?
2: I'm doing great. I'm a bit sick, though, so...
0: Well, you know, as long as you're taking care of yourself, that's what's the most important thing. Uh, Is this a recent uh, illness?
2: Um, No, it's been on for, like, almost two weeks, so, like, last Thursday.
0: And, I mean, obviously, the the big question is, and I'm sure something you've thought about is your illness as it pertains to what's been going on around the world. Um, is, Is this an isolated illness? Is anyone else in your family sick?
2: Oh yeah, I've been a bit nervous about it, um, but I'm pretty sure it's it's not coronavirus since like um, I I don't have like short breaths or there's a couple of symptoms that I don't have and it's also kind of hard to um, know if you actually have it since it's so close to a, a normal like, your normal sickness.
0: Right, like a, like a normal flu you're you're talking yeah, about yeah yeah well, definitely we're we're hoping that you're on the mend and and despite all of that, you are here with us, and we're so grateful uh to have you uh so thank you for coming
2: yeah, no, thank you guys for inviting me. It's an honor
0: <laughs> um so i I have to start because Victoria, I happen to learn um something very unique about your uh current situation because um you are not even in the same time zone as us as uh, we're recording this episode. Could you um, give us an update as to uh, where you have relocated yourself to and maybe talk a little bit about that, uh, that decision?
2: So everything started, obviously, in the U.S. We were a bit concerned, well, especially my parents, they were concerned at like the rising numbers in the U.S. and all the cases that we presenting and the fact that soon there weren't, wouldn't be enough like beds in the hospital. Um, And in case that we had anything, uh, we weren't going to be treated uh, well enough. So we thought Mexico as a good option. Well, I obviously don't think um, that it's the best option, Um, but that would be getting into politics. (laughs) There's less cases here, obviously. And um, we decided to move here, so we moved here. It was like three days ago. So been a bit of time um and i've just for the time zones and all of that it's been a bit tricky since school starts at 9 30 a.m but over here that's at eleven thirty. the time difference the difference of time is two hours so i would have to sleep around that 1 a.m so that i'm kind of like still getting that time zone from the u.s instead of uh, living in the time zone here. So it's kind of it's kind of weird for my body to be trying to like accustom to sleeping so late at night um, knowing that because it, it's so late, it's so dark and you're just like I have to wake up at 11 but that seems so unhealthy for me because I'm used to sleep uh, used to waking up at like eight at like at like nine um, sleeping at 11 or 10 but now all of a sudden I'm, I'm sleeping at 1 a.m. because I have school at 11.30 and I have to accustom to that time zone instead of accustoming to the time zone that I'm currently in.
0: That's a really interesting thing to consider is how a new location is going to impact your learning uh, in many different ways. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're staying with family, is that correct?
2: Yeah, I've been currently staying with.
0: What has it been like to be conducting your... Uh, coursework um, in in a home that's not your own but you're surrounded by people you are familiar with that you that you know pretty well how has that experience uh, been like for you so far
2: well I think the most important thing is that you're not in your own house so you don't have the same commodities the same it's another word for commodities. Um,
0: resources something yeah, like that you
2: don't you don't have the same resources as in your original home so <clears throat> let's say I I want to suddenly like draw oh I don't have my like drawing books like I, I can't I don't have all my colors I that's just like a small example but also like the difference in the size of the house and having to pick out a space for me to work like do schoolwork um, it it changes because over there I used to have like a room for myself and now over here it's like it's way smaller and I have to be doing zoom calls and I also have to um, like talk to my parents have breakfast because they're serving me um my aunt is uh, talking to my parents while I'm in the zoom meeting and Um, I get confused because the teacher's trying to talk to me, but then my sister's trying to talk to me or my aunt's trying to talk to me. Um, So it's a bit stressful, but I'm trying to get used to it.
1: In all of that stress, Victoria, I'm curious, what have you found to be um, maybe beneficial or successful about online learning for yourself? I know that, you know, you and, and all scholars are hit with these clear and, and very real challenges um, with this switch, especially when, when you consider, like you said, moving to a new place and, and getting used to a new environment. But what, what would you say has been um, going well for you or, or, or has been a success that you've experienced with distance learning so far?
2: I guess the fact that I can choose my own times for classes and choose the amount of time that I want to dedicate to things um, like, for example, I can be really good in math, but I could be struggling in humanities a lot. So instead of working so much on math, I can now focus on humanities, the amount of time that I need to work on it so that I can get my work done. So I guess that's really beneficial, but it also depends on um, the scholars and if they're um, actually like, on task and they're actually dedicating to the things that they need to improve on.
1: I'm curious how you find that motivation or that self-regulation and self-monitoring to know when you ought to switch what you're working on or when you ought to find motivation where you initially didn't have any. Um, How are you handling making those choices? And what are those conversations with yourself like in your head? I guess for me, it's two things. So um, I'm going to say it before
2: I forget. Um, First one is organizing, so planning. And the second one is just me loving getting things done. So I love, it's so satisfying to just turn in a card or to take something off my list. But um, well, that's that's for me. I just feel like, I just feel that like rush and (laughs) And I feel so happy when I know that I finished the task. And then planning. I love planning. Like, planning for me is
1: awesome. Um, I'm with you.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I have so many planners. Uh, I have so many lists every day. I wake up, and if I have a lot of things to do, I'll write them all down. So um, what I do is I write all the things that I need to get done, and then... I have one on paper and I also have another one uh, on uh, virtually, so on a Google doc and I, I write the due dates and all of that stuff so that I could see like, oh, this is coming up soon. I, I kind of need to work on this. So like planning, since I love planning, I guess that really does motivate me to um, organize myself. And once I feel organized, I feel like my head is clear and I, I'm good to go to work, and work on anything that I need, and also like balancing the things I need to work more on, rather than the things that I'm good at and don't need that much of.
0: Well, Victoria, I could speak from personal experience when I I see that those skills that you use in terms of planning really pay off with your work at Odyssey. And it's just so great to see that you've transitioned those skills into this new learning format to become successful, or I should say to continue uh, to be successful in the work that you do. And I'm really uh, uplifted to hear you share about that experience. Um, But of course, we would be remiss here at the Odyssey of Learning podcast if we did not acknowledge maybe some of the, the bigger challenges that we've been facing recently. And and how we are making our best efforts to respond to those challenges. So I know, Victoria, you talked a little bit about how being in a new environment and a new place, you are not surrounded or do not have the same access to the resources you normally would have access to. I'm curious if you're faced with any additional challenges to this whole idea of distance learning and maybe some of the things you've been doing to try to mitigate those difficulties in your experiences so far.
2: I guess one of the biggest challenges that I have is concentration so besides having everything planned out and having everything organized when it comes to the time of working on stuff sometimes you can get distracted with like your family Um, but for things like that I feel like trying to like what helps me a lot is putting on earphones not putting on music it's really helpful because music distracts me, um, but also without earphones, I I hear everything way louder, and I feel like anything can distract me. So, um, that's something I do. It it's also a lot of stamina on like concentration. So, if someone is talking to you and you're in a Zoom call, you have to learn how to, instead of. Concentrate on two things. Concentrate on, on one thing. So if my mom is talking to me and I'm in a same call, I, I'm i too concentrated on li- I'm trying to listen to and understand what uh, my advisor is telling me. And then I'm like, oh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear you. Um, can you repeat that li- later on? But also, I guess, putting times for yourself is also super helpful. So, for example, today I'm planning on um, working on the health class for 30 minutes. And 30 minutes uh, for me sounds like very little. Like for me, an hour is like, okay, like two hours is a lot. So 30 minutes um, sounds like very low. Um, it's a low goal. So I know I can accomplish it. So putting small tasks in front of me can lead to Uh, creating bigger and that's also like something I consider when I plan and I organize myself because I know that um, in one day I can't finish everything at once I I have to put like small things so I guess when concentrating I say okay this is small so I know I can do this so don't look at your phone because I know I'm like 100% sure that I can finish this on time if I actually concentrate. And plus, I'm giving myself very little work to do.
1: Victoria, I just want to say how cool it is to hear you talk about that. I mean, these strategies that you're listening, choosing the strategies that you're listing, like choosing one thing to focus on at a time, setting a time for yourself, like a timer making goals that are small and achievable since you know you'll feel good when you get them done and and mitigating your distractions by prioritizing. um, Those are things that like, I don't think I learned how to properly do until my senior year of college. Um, And it just makes me reflect on all of the powerful ways that your perspective about learning must be shifting throughout this distance learning experience. Um, I'm curious if, if there's been anything else for you that has shifted, like how has this period of distance learning changed the way you look at education or at learning more broadly?
2: I've noticed a lot how even though we still have about the same time as in school, like during math, I feel like everything is so quick. So finish the activity, talk to your group, um, same in like STEM, like well, for STEM, I feel like it's small things, and also in humanities, um, we're moving pretty slow. So it just it just made me realize how school gives us so much time, and how that time is actually super valuable. From going from like seven hours to three hours and a half. Oh my gosh, that's literally half the time. So, that just made me realize like how much I miss actually going to school. And having the time to ask my um my advisors questions and I just value so much more like the time we had at school because that time is that we're taking to talk to our classmates to reflect on what we're actually working. And now everything's so rushed that I feel like I don't have that time to reflect so much. I guess another thing is I, I guess everyone always thought about being homeschooled. And now I realize how hard that is. You don't have the same resources in hand as in going to a campus or um, it's a lot of motivation, a lot of self-study. And I feel like I touched upon that when I was learning Korean, but being having to study, um, like, what, six subjects? Six, six um, like, math, humanities, science, um, sustainability. All of those, having to self-study that, that takes a lot of motivation because not a lot of people are telling you they're not up to date, they're not asking you, how are you doing? So I guess that also, like, changed my perspective a lot on online learning
0: Well, I I have to say that was an incredibly thoughtful response to the question, and and I'm blown away um, at how you have really pushed yourself to look at multiple perspectives in all of this and kind of reminding us that with with a lot of things um, that we utilize and rely on at school, um, it it sounds like you're you're teaching us the lesson that um, you, you don't know what you have until it's gone. Um, And and certainly for a lot of people that have been thrust into the middle of this distance learning experience, I think that that is a theme that they could largely relate to. Uh, Victoria, again, it has been great having you here. I wanted to get your thoughts on one final question before um, we, we send you on your way. Um, And and that is, you know, we have a large body of of scholars, not just at Odyssey, but around the country, around the world that are having to do the same thing or something similar to us as it pertains to distance learning. So to whoever might be tuning in to this episode, what sort of advice might you have for a scholar uh, that finds themselves in the same format of distance learning that you find yourself in today?
2: There's a lot to say. I guess stay organized, that's a really important thing, because you're not going to have your teachers telling you, oh, you haven't turned this cart- late card in, there's a lot that you're going to be so much more independent, I mean, especially I Odyssey, we're already really, really dependent, like, there's a lot of dependent learning, independent learning, but now it's almost hundred percent you and like it depends on you if you get your work done so it is a big change but we're gonna be like this for a while so i guess get used to it (laughs) dress up in the morning um, get yourself ready get yourself in a mindset of work as i said uh, plan plan what you're gonna do plan your goals uh, do small tasks uh, you you can do it. If if you can do it at school, you can do it online, I'm, I'm 100% sure.
0: What an inspirational close to the interview. I'm just, I'm so blown away at the perspective, everything, uh, Victoria, that you have brought uh, to us today. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us. It's been a real treat to have you on the show.
1: Seriously, thank you, Victoria. Thank you guys, I love this. <laughs> Symphony, we're so grateful that you're here today to talk to us about your distance learning experience, the courses that you've been taking, some of the ups and downs of this whole thing. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing good.
1: Yeah, are you feeling healthy? Are you enjoying being at home? What's like your day-to-day emotional state like?
3: I wish I could say I'm always happy to be home, but I feel like I'd rather be at school because there's a lot of like tension happening here like there's a lot of people here and not everyone likes to be around people
1: totally i feel that way 100 i feel for me generally i i can have a good attitude about it and i just feel really grateful to be healthy and being able to connect with people but then there there is all of this you know pressure that starts to creep in about feeling a little cooped up and feeling overwhelmed and feeling sad i, I ride those emotions too for sure
3: yeah, especially because it's like raining outside. And I can't go outside. I like playing outside. I can't do that now.
1: Us too. Well, hopefully the rain will pass as all things do. And we're, we're really grateful that you're here on the podcast to, to share with us more about your experience. Um, I'm curious, first of all, like if you could walk us through what your current learning environment looks like. Like where do you Zoom from? How did you create your Zoom work environment? Like paint us a picture of where you're at, where you're taking class calls.
3: Okay, so I'm currently in my room, which is not the best place to be, but anywhere else in in the house is really noisy because of, like, my nephew and my family. So I have to be in my room. Um, I I have my computer on a table, which is my vanity, and there's a mirror in front of me and a mirror on the side of me, which I don't like, do not like. That's pretty much it.
1: How are you finding um, working from your room is going? It's is it difficult to separate like where you sleep and rest with with where you're working? Or are you finding that it's it's been okay so far?
3: Um, I feel like it's fine because I'm like separated from like my bed where like it's really comfortable, and if I like sit there, I might fall asleep. But there's a TV right in front of me, so that sometimes is a challenge for me.
1: Absolutely, I find that um, removing myself even in a small way from where I sleep um, can be really helpful. For crafting a work environment that lends itself to being more productive, because like you, if I sit down in my bed, or even if I sit down on the couch, honestly, I'm like in danger of falling asleep.
0: <laughs> and and I think just Symphony to hear you reflect on, you know, wh- where you establish yourself, and you know, I hear the comments you're making about. Um, you know, family and, and things like that is is something that we never really felt like we had to contend with um, based on our school experience. And to hear you uh, reflect openly in, in that way, I think resonates with a lot of us, uh, certainly uh, that have families uh, here at home. I would even argue Courtney's getting a taste of that. What with uh, Luno uh, roaming the halls these days and all, but I'd be correct in that assessment, Courtney?
1: Oh, he keeps me busy. The only reason he's being quiet for this podcast is because I'm holding a chew toy with my right hand while I mute um, <laughs> and <laughs> unmute myself.
0: <laughs> so I, I, I get it. We're we're all on the same page here. And um, but you know, Symphony, I'm I'm curious balancing uh, this this new work environment. Um, what have you found uh, so far, uh, you know, we're only about three and a half weeks into this distance learning experience. What What have you found to be an area of success for you? What would be um, maybe, maybe a, a, an accomplishment you're proud of as it pertains to handling distance learning?
3: Well, before we started like the COVID-19 thing and being at school, I would turn in a lot of cards late. I feel like in this environment, I've have worked on a lot of overdue cards and turned those in, and also also worked while working on new cards. Because I used to like focus on just one card, I feel like now I can focus on multiple cards at once.
0: So you you uh, if I'm hearing you correctly, the ability to. Uh, tackle multiple assignments or cards at one time, you you suddenly have this uh renewed vigor, this renewed um ability to to keep up with that and 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 play some catch up.
3: Yes. One thing that ha- that has helped me with that was I found an app, uh, minimalist. It's like a list that you like have you put all of your assignments in and then once you're done with the assignment, you'll cross it off or you could click on the assignment and it gives you like a, a timer to work on it. And I feel like that really helps me a lot.
1: Using those sorts of apps is so valuable uh, when you're learning a new routine of, of working and you know essentially just being at, at home and, and still trying to tackle some of those really large, difficult, and rigorous tasks that we have at school. It's it's a lot to manage. And so I'm glad that you're finding some strategies to help you cope with that transition and, and like you said, even try to make it fun. Crossing stuff off a list is so satisfying for me too. It is. Um, but but in all of that uh victory you know of of completing overdue work and kind of giving yourself a little bit of a space to catch up in in some ways um i'm curious if you're if you're finding challenges um you know you mentioned being in a in a large or like a crowded kind of space um and and being in a position where you're working mostly from your bedroom like what what challenges has distance learning brought you
3: well some challenges would like be towards the Zoom calls because like I feel like before this I was able to like communicate better with scholars and with advisors and I feel like now I'm like shyer to talk to people and I feel like I don't ask for as much help so that has brought me like a lot of challenges. I feel like the technology is good like it's better than not being able to communicate like seeing people's faces at all or communicating with people at all but like I said it's harder to talk to people.
0: I, I can resonate with that response. Um, I'm a big face to face communication person. Um, when when I'm trying to work through a problem or an issue, I find that I'm much more effective in doing so when i'm I'm side by side with someone and we kind of have that similar hands on approach. and so I relate to this idea that you know taking that out of the equation does present its own challenges. I think Courtney would agree with this as well. We've talked about it. Um, here on the podcast, the idea that being out of the classroom, um, we, we realize how much we rely on being present in a physical space um, to help scholars, uh, whether it's in a group setting or individual, just being able to come right up uh, and offer that sort of support and assistance is something that it sounds like similar to you, Symphony, we truly miss uh, about being uh, there in person uh, in the classroom. Um, and I think that that Prompts us to think a lot more broadly about um, just our experience in education in general. So, Symphony, we have seen throughout the course of distance learning, we've had to make some fundamental changes about the ways we approach learning, the ways that we use technology to to try to support you um, when we didn't really have to use that kind of technology beforehand. So, I, I'm wondering if you've had any thoughts about. You know, what are some of the larger changes that we have seen to our understanding of learning and education? What has shifted with your perception of uh, what school um, has been like now that distance learning is underway?
3: I feel like something that has changed a lot um, would be like the worth ethic that everyone puts into their work. Now that we're, I feel like everyone thinks we're on vacation and a lot of people think, like, oh, like, they can't get us in trouble because, like, it's not, like, one-on-one. I feel like that has affected a lot, but, like, me, I feel, like, like, I still, I hate to see, like, my cards pile up, so I, a person that, like, does it either way. So, what I've been seeing, like, with either my classmates or, like, family is that they don't put as much effort into their work because they're, like, oh, it's, We're like not, we don't, we're not on school campus. So it's not like school at all, but it technically is school and it still counts as a grade. So I think it's like not counting as much as a grade for them since it's like um, a pandemic. Like, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Those um, shifts in our mindset can really change the way that we handle every day right, and take on these challenges. And it sounds like from your reflections that your mindset, though you're at home and you're, you're being confronted by this new time we find ourselves in is still one that is powered by motivation to be successful and to stay on top of your work. I'm curious how you do that. Like, what are the conversations like in your head? What motivates you to make that progress, even though the circumstances are different?
3: Something that motivates me is like I think if I don't finish this card or do like something on this card now, it's going to pile up into more and more and more, and it's going to affect my grade like it did last time. Because the couple, last couple of trimesters, I did that, and I, I feel like it affected my grade a lot, especially in STEM. Seeing um my grade raise up little by little, I love to see that because like, I have a family that counts a lot on me, and also for the future, because... Um, being a doctor and being like me wanting to be a pediatrician or work with like kids has to do a lot with staying on task and doing my work on time and getting good grades.
1: Absolutely, and I mean honestly, it's it's inspiring to hear you talk about how you're thinking about your long term goals, even in the wake of all of the uncertainty and the the unknown of our current situation. It, it's a good mindset to have, and it, and as you're saying, it's proving to be motivating. That's awesome. But we're not the only school that is going through this shift, right? Everyone uh, in the United States and and a lot of people around the world, scholars are converting to distance learning to online learning. So I'm curious if you have any advice for anyone that might be listening, um, a scholar who's doing distance learning, how do you think they could be the most successful? What would you advise them?
3: If I had any advice, I would tell them to like, move your like phone away from you because I feel like that's one of like a big distraction for me and also set goals for yourself I have set many goals like through the whole year but setting like more specific goals that was like one of my goals for this trimester and that has helped me a lot also thinking about how a lot of people have been in quarantine a lot longer than you because some people have been caught like Like separated their whole lives, like they have to stay inside their whole lives for certain reasons. And for us, it's just starting like for like three weeks so far.
1: Yeah, keeping that um, the scope of this issue, right, and and how it impacts other other people and how it has throughout time, it's a really important perspective to keep those strategies of keeping your phone away, prioritizing, making listing organized. Those are all really effective strategies that. You know, I said this to Victoria, it took me as a college student a long time to realize those things work. Um so it's it's cool in some ways that this experience is helping you form strong work habits um that will certainly carry you like you're mentioning throughout your entire life and and your eventual career. Mhm. The last question I have uh for you Symphony is is about this experience you're doing with Paul Hudak, Great Grains. Uh, A lot of our Mm -hmm. listeners have no idea what that is. So if you could walk us through like what it is and what your experience has been like um, doing an Odyssey extension course, I feel like that would be super helpful.
3: So like you said, it's an extension course. We've been working on making food. It focuses on flour, rice, and wheat. So, so far we have grown, well, Pa gave us three corn seeds, and we planted those. And we also have four wheat seeds, and we planted those. Mine have started to sprout already. Some of the recipes that we have done was pasta. I made ravioli out of those from, um, I used spinach for my garden. We've made pizza, and we made ochata, which did not taste as I thought it was going to be, but it wasn't that bad. And now we're do- working on an experiment like we had to change three aspects of the of a recipe. I chose pizza and I'm changing the type of flour the whether it's in the refrigerator or not, and then on the pan, putting oil or not putting oil on it.
1: Wonderful, yeah, I mean, I think that odyssey in some ways is is set up for at least in, in a better way than, than some other comprehensive schools, um, converting our work to distance learning because we have the ability to weave in our competencies and our assessment into experiences that might not initially sound like school, right? Like mm-hmm. cooking, learning about grains is um, different from a traditional science class. But if you could just tell us like in your own words, how does the great grains class link to the empirical reasoning competencies you've been studying in in stem classes since joining odyssey last year
3: so this class um at the beginning paul said that he was trying to format it so it helps a lot with empirical reasoning so that's what we're doing this experiment for like changing three different things in the recipe to so empirical reason is basically like conducting experiments and figuring out why things change and why, like, why things happen. So that's how it links up, like, the project that we're doing and with the empirical reasoning.
1: Totally. So cool. I'm really excited to see how your pizza shows your scientific thinking, looking at elements of including oil or not oil. What was the other one about yeast?
3: The flour, like, Uh changing the type of flour and then putting... The dough in the refrigerator and then the other one putting it, like, at room temperature.
1: Fabulous. Do you have any hypotheses about how that's going to change anything?
3: Well, I started, I like, today in the morning, I started doing it. Like, I put the dough, half of the dough in the refrigerator and half of it outside. Um, The dough was a lot, like, sandy. Like, I felt like I was playing with sand and it wouldn't stick together. So, I feel like it's going to be crunchier than regular pizza. Like, mm. flatter and not cr- not as crunchy. I mean, crunchier. Wow. So
1: cool, I, Symphony. Uh,
0: I already ate lunch, but I am suddenly very hungry once again. <laughs> <laughs> it's super! It's just super cool to hear about the diverse ways um, we are still managing to provide learning opportunities uh, in ways that, to me, sound incredibly engaging. Uh and I think it just really uh, underscores Symphony how grateful we are to you uh, to share those experiences with us here on the Odyssey of Learning podcast. Thank you so much for stopping in today.
3: Thank you for having me. It was fun. I thought it was going to be a lot scarier, but it's not that scary. Yeah. Oh, it was,
0: you did. It was perfect. We're we're so excited. Thank you, and have an awesome day. Okay, Symphony.
3: Okay, you too.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Symphony. Wow, it was so awesome to hear from I know their perspectives. I mean, it's just like I mentioned in, in both their interviews, some of those independent learning and thinking strategies, like, honestly, like I'm still figuring out to this day. I know, well, right? Definitely. Know what, what do you think for you were or, or the biggest takeaways for you?
0: I think I was so appreciative how much time and effort they put towards describing the mm-hmm. mindset That is built into distance learning. You know, we heard Victoria talking about everything that you need to do, sort of like with your environment and and with yourself, in in order to put yourself in the right frame of mind to be successful, just as you would if you were still physically showing up to campus uh, each and every day. Uh, and, And Symphony as well commented on this idea behind perception. Um, and, and how you perceive yourself and how you perceive the work in front of you and, and doing so in a productive, positive manner in order to find ultimate success. I mean, I think it sounds like both of them are really setting themselves up for success with their work in distance learning due to this idea behind mindset.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Such a key component of being successful in this model, um, And I think too important to remember, you know, we talked about this a little bit with the scholars and and it's it's happening for me too, but the mindset doesn't come easy, right? And it's not consistent, but it's kind of something you have to keep working on and keep reframing for yourself because there are good days, there are hard days, um, there are days in between and using some of those strategies like making a list, setting achievable goals, setting yourself up for success by getting dressed in the morning, like those things go a long way with keeping that mindset steady and consistent and ultimately positive and motivating. Super cool.
0: Yeah, I got to find that minimalist app that uh, Symphony was talking about. I could use some some of that. Ditto. Well, we're, we're just happy to celebrate um, all of our scholars uh, at Odyssey and uh, scholars everywhere that are facing this new frontier of learning and Getting to listen to the ways that they're grappling with that, I think, is, uh, is true, truly powerful learning. So um, thank you again uh, to Victoria and Symphony for um, spending their afternoons with us for a little bit, just to share about that and, uh, and give us even more perspective on this whole distance learning thing that we're in the middle of.
1: And in the middle of it, we are. But we'll keep moving forward day by day until then. This is the Odyssey of Learning podcast. I'm Courtney, and I'm out of order.
0: And I'm Hunter. Right, right in (laughs) the (laughs) jumbled.
1: Sorry, that's what I get for taking things out of order. It just felt right, you know. Sometimes it felt right.
0: It's, 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 it's totally right, and and I'm here with it.
1: All right. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. (laughs) See,
0: See you guys.